Hello, everyone. Welcome to the We Are Children's Division podcast. We are coming to you. Uh, we are recording this in a in a new uh, location in beautiful Houston, Missouri. Uh, here we are uh, in Texas County, and uh, it was equally inconvenient for everyone. So we came here, and it was it was really a great trip, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Ashton, how are you today? I'm doing good today, Daryl. How are you? I'm I'm really great. Nice nice drive, uh, nice drive through the Ozark Hill Country. Very nice. And uh, the reason we came down here uh, for it to be uh, equally inconvenient for everyone uh, is that we have the great honor of introducing to everyone our regional directors, Pam Alston and Lisa Crawford, who had to come. Uh, one came from the east and one came from the west, and we met together here. All things come together in Houston, Missouri. So I'm really excited about this podcast. This will be the, I, I think, is this the last of our introducing of the leadership? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, podcast. I think they've been great. Yeah. Uh, I think they've been really terrific. Uh, I, Ashton, I particularly appreciate the, 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 the stump, the stump questions you ask, you ask questions to stump <laughs> people. Uh, but it's really, it's really been a great experience for all of us. And so we have here, we have here, uh, Pam Alston and Lisa Crawford who have, uh, just graciously come to this, uh, third location that, that we're in. How are you guys today? Pam, how are you doing? Good. The drive was a little curvy and hilly for me. I'm from the flatlands of southeast Missouri, but doing good. Yeah, so you get over here and you, but did you say you brought 17 over here and it I was did. windy? Seven, never been on that road and I've um, been working this uh, 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 agency for 28 years, so I've never been on 17. So. And you'll never do it again. Never do it again. And never do it Absolutely. again. And, and, and Lisa, how was your drive over? It was good. It's been a, it's been a nice day to drive and get to see some country down here. Yeah, this is it's a really, really beautiful territory down here. I always love coming through here. So we're going to have a conversation, really. It's just about getting to know you guys. Uh, how'd you get here? What's going on in your regions and what's your vision for for uh, for the agency? So, again, these have been really terrific podcasts, really great conversations. So I'm I'm excited to hear from you. I can't decide which of you uh, will go first. Oh, so so. I've got I've got Lisa pointing Lisa pointed at Pam first so Pam we'll start with okay we'll start we'll, we'll start with you Pam okay. Pam so so tell us your story you you are you are you are you are from Carruthersville I am right? from Carruthersville home of the Tigers uh, uh will always be a Tiger uh, down in the Blue Hill and uh, I actually started my career in um, FSD Family Support Division in uh, Pemiscott County in 1995 and. Uh, didn't really enjoy that, and and one and I knew I wanted to work with kids in some capacity, and I would see workers coming through the office with kids. I'm like, that's what I want to do, so that was my uh, goal. So a couple years later, became a worker in Pimascot County, and then we were generic. We did everything. We did investigations. We carried cases. We uh, we even licensed homes. So we we did a little bit of everything. We're generic workers, and then the 34th Circuit was actually the first combined county to be a, a circuit. Pimascot and New Madrid came together uh, with the 34th Circuit and so became the supervisor then in 99 over the 34th. Um, then in 2005 became the QA specialist and focused a lot on data. So QA, that's that's Q quality assurance. Yeah, when when I when I got to this agency and people started talking about the Qs, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Star Trek. So if you watch Star Trek, you know, Q Q was this entity, this alien entity that showed up. So somebody talked so we had Qs. I thought, "Oh my gosh, what are they going to do to us?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like but, a black hole, really, because we we started out we didn't know what the unit was going to look like. Right. Uh, so we started off kind of developing a CQI training. 
uh, and coaching staff, and it it just snowballed. It was a great position uh, to focus on improving outcomes for the whole whole region uh, at that time. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed that that position a lot. And that's where my love of data comes from, being the QA specialist. Um, then in 2011, they asked me to be the interim circuit manager in the 35th, which is Stoddard and Dunklin. And I kept the QA job at the same time. I asked them to let me do both because I didn't really want to give up the QA. And um, uh, honestly, I didn't think they could find anybody else to be the 35th circuit manager. <laughs> so I think they kind of put me in that role. But um, learned a lot in that position. And just a year later, became a field support manager where I stayed until 2020 when I became the regional director of the Southeast region. What, what everybody needs to know about Pam. So the, 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 the way we've made decisions is we've, uh, you know, the, the regional directors and the deputy directors have, have become the cabinet. And we really, we really work through questions and issues. And when we're doing that, you can always count on Pam to say, well, Show me the data. Where's data? <laughs> she wants to have data. She wants to see a spreadsheet. She wants to know what it is. And I think that's that's where that comes from. So when you worked at FSD, uh, were you and, and you saw them, you saw people walking, walking through. I mean, did you have a college degree already in something? I mean, had you studied something? I, already? Did, I did not have a college degree. I was working on it. I was, you know, we all have those difficult years. Right. And right. So I think those were my difficult years when I worked with FSD. I didn't really know what I wanted. I don't even think I knew there was a position in children's division. Um, and so I was in college for so long. I was like, what, what's my, what's the quickest route I can get a degree in? Right. Uh, so I went that route. So what'd you do? Well, I won't tell you what that is. Uh, yeah. General studies. But general I had studies. A, lot of, a lot of sociology, a lot of psychology, and some Spanish. And I'm like, put that together and you have a general studies degree. However, I did get my master's uh, from Mizzou in 2006 in social work. So I feel like skills were enhanced. <laughs> yes. Let me let me defend general studies. Okay, though. please. Let me do. just defend Thank general studies studies. So I uh, I've got a degree in political science. What is what is that, right? But I went to Truman State University, which is a liberal arts college of the state, and the idea behind the whole liberal arts thing was that a real education that's separate from training is broad. Broad and it helps you think and and I think Pam uh, with regard to you, you're that person. You're a person who thinks you think broadly and you, uh, in many different ways, uh, and I pick on you about the data, but you think about more than data. Uh, you also, you also engage your heart, you know, so, uh, that's, that's really, it's really an interesting path about how you got here and, uh, uh, glad you did. Glad you are where you are. I had a professor once that says you're not in this uh, profession by mistake. There, there's a reason why you do this. And there are, there are many reasons I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, later as to why I'm done this for so well, I'm thrilled you did not stay in that FSD cubicle. Me Although too. we love FSD. Me Don't give me if you if there are any family support division folks listening out there, we love you. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Feel free to come work for children's division. Come do exactly what Pam did. It That's was right. it's a great it's a great course. So Lisa, how how is it uh, how is it that you got you got How did this I get space? here? Yeah. Well, you know, thinking about thinking about this, um, I started thinking about when it was I chose to be in social work. And I think it was originally, you know, we all have those friends that we grow up with that, you know, needed help, that uh, maybe their home life wasn't always the best. So as soon as I figured out what social work was, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a social worker. And then so I came into college knowing that was the degree I was going to get. What brought me to Children's Division was I had a professor um, who worked at Children's Division. She taught child welfare and she would come in and 
man, she was exhausted. She would she would sit at the front of the classroom and just I mean, you could tell she was beat down, but she had the best stories and she would talk about what they were doing and how they were helping people. And and I just thought that's what I want to do. That's that's where I want to be. I want to be beaten down. Well, Uh, I I wanted to be, be, you know, out there in the field and and, and seeing what was happening with people and how could we help them. And and I knew that's what I wanted to do with social work. Um, So that's how I ended up at Children's Division. So where were you at college? Where was that college? I went to SMSU at the time, but now it's Missouri State. Missouri State. Yeah, you can call. It, you can go ahead and call it Missouri State. I call. I call Northeast Missouri State Truman because yes. it, it was Northeast Missouri State when I was there, right? Yeah, so. and so you know, I came into Children's Division as a BSW intern, and uh, through our Title IV program, and um, I and I've just stayed, and I've just never left. Um, I've done all kinds of things there. I started as as an intern in investigations. I was hired on as an alternative care worker. And I loved foster care. It was great. But at the time, um, the culture of the agency was different than what it is now. And we were terminating a lot of parents. And I got tired of not being able to send kids home like I thought they needed to be. And so I decided I needed to do something a little bit different. And I did intensive reunification services. Um, It was at the time we did that in-house. Now it's a contracted program. But I got to work really intensely with families. We would spend hours in their homes. We're there almost every day. And that was that was a really fun job. I think of all the the work I did, that was the best one because yeah, I mean, you were having people um, really working with people where they were in their homes, in their crisis, and in their happy moments. You got to see it all. Um, from there, I became a supervisor and I supervised foster care for a little bit. And then, where my heart really lies in prevention, I got to supervise our family centered in home unit for. I think about eight years. Um, I don't have all the dates like Pam does, but uh, it was a long time. And I had an amazing unit at the time that um, did real, real prevention. Daryl, we talk about this um, on some other times, but when we used to do family centered where you would get in there and you would do whatever we needed to do to keep that family together. And so I did that for a long time. Um, Then I became a program manager over the foster care um, programs in circuit I was in and did that until I became um, circuit manager um, in, in Springfield, Green Co- in, Springfield right. in Green County. I've spent the majority of my career, well, until I became regional director in 31st Circuit, which is Springfield, Missouri. And so when I first met Pam, she was, I mean, first met Lisa. She was uh, the circuit manager in Springfield and we were there, you know, to go do the vision talks is when I, and what I really came away with was the great culture of that office and the great relationships that have been built with your court partners and, you know, people who, uh, you know, people out in the community. And so that's, that, that was a big deal, I think, with regard to really knowing that you ought to be in this spot here, because that's, that's something we've got to do regionally working together with people outside of our agency. It is definitely a spirit of collaboration in that community. I feel very blessed to be from that community where they uh, truly believe in collaboration and we're better together. So, What are you excited about? in the Southwest? What, what, what's really, what's really exciting to you? I am so excited about the movement towards prevention again. I think that is just, I know it's across the state, not just the Southwest, but I am truly, truly um, ready to, to build that program up and to help families in their homes uh, where they're at before we ever get to the foster care side. And I want to see, um, I know we'll talk a little bit more about our vision for the agency, but I can't wait to see or right sizing of of the system because I feel like we should have the emphasis be on how do we keep those kids from ever touching our system? How do we keep them from going further into our system? 
And how can we empower families to be able to 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 wrap around each other so that they don't have to have a government agency come in and, and help them with that, that they can just step up and, and help each other and that the community will be there when maybe they don't have the most support systems. Well, I just visited Springfield this last week, the week before week before this and had a chance to to talk with, uh, you know, Bill Prince, your juvenile officer, and and uh, Judge Hosmer, uh, your judge there, they seem ready to go. I mean, people, I mean, is it, are you finding that across the region? Are people ready to go? I think so. I think that people are excited to hear that that's our focus. Um, they're excited to see that we're not wanting to do this alone, that, you know, we always tell people child welfare is not about children's division. It's about all of our community partners doing this together. We can't do it alone. We're, it's not possible for us to be everywhere. Um, so it's it's empowering and engaging our community to be able to uh, to be there to help families. You know, when when a family has a need, it doesn't need to be just children's division that can step in. There's faith based community. There's the schools. There's just too many to name that can can be there to support families. When in Springfield, they're really doing that. When after I, I had a chance to speak with folks at Springfield, went over to the to the Casa Clubhouse, which was made the morning, made the, made the Monday email. You know, it was it was really a neat place. But talking to those casa, those casa workers, you know, the casa, the, the people who run casa there, they really seem to understand a what we're doing and b that we need them so much. You know, so they've got that place set up to 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 basically be wonderful for family visits, to give those people good family time together, and people can make dinner together and have dinner. I mean, it's just really a neat place. And I think that's the spirit of that community is that they just they see a need and what can we do to fill it? And from the from the time that Laura Farmer, the director down there, envisioned the Casa Clubhouse, she was meeting with the children's division. She was meeting with the court. She was meeting with, you know, all of the partners to say, what what do you guys need in this Casa Clubhouse? We know what Casa needs, but what does the rest of the child welfare system need to see in this? And so. Um, she just did a phenomenal job bringing all those needs into one place. And you're right, it's a it's a beautiful center. And I think it's going to really help families. I came away from that visit inspired, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we'll get that everywhere. I mean, you've got you've got great partners in, in, in Joplin and you've got uh, just a, a lot of well, you know, you've got a lot of great folks all over the all over this region. So I'm getting to know the region more and more and um, just seeing the partnerships in these communities is, is just it's just amazing. So, Pam, in the southeast, what's what's happening over there? What well, you- we, we have a lot going on in the southeast. I think, uh, you know, vacancies are starting to fill, which makes me happy. It, it makes, uh, you know, the work easier for the, the workers who are already there and and let us spend more time with families and kids. I think I only have two of my 10 circuits who who have uh, several vacancies. So that 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 has been uh, just phenomenal that we've gotten a lot of people on board. Um, our can people are just uh, rocking it in the southeast region. We we only have like around ten overdues uh, for the region, and 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 the rest are like in delayed. So I can't be more happy with with them. We also we developed a um, uh, twice a month. We have a uh, triage placement meeting where we have someone from every circuit come together. Uh, to find places for those hard-to-place kids. That's great The kids idea. with behaviors uh, because we're running out of options. We need foster homes. We need um, uh, we need beds in, in residential places. And so, sometimes one circuit will have an idea that somebody else doesn't know about. 
Um, so it has been phenomenal that they that they came up with that. So one. have you uh, have has that been yielding fruit? What, what yes, it actually has. Like, hey, I've got this foster home. I'll reach out to them and see if they'll they'll take this kid. And it's absolutely we've been able to find places uh, for kids a lot quicker uh, doing that. So I'm really proud of those guys for doing that. Um, our regional units, our rapid response team, we kind of use as I call them the SWAT team. They go in where needed. And if we have some vacancies or somebody's out on leave, we send them out to different circuits and they they help where needed and they've been doing a really great job. We have a regional resource unit who just this year, they have made contacts with 409 families. And out of those 409, we've had 257 licensed foster homes across the region. It's phenomenal. Uh, and of course, uh, well, and then Jana Wyman, my field support manager, started a human trafficking work group. And so we're really focusing on human trafficking. Our Interstate 55 runs right through our region, and then we have Interstate 70, so we come across a lot of those trafficking cases. Um, so Jana thought it was important that we develop this uh, work group to, to look for signs, uh, become more aware of those kinds of things. So we just started that in the last month or so, and she's getting that off the ground. Um, but of course, one of the things I'm most proud about, and you know, if I have a chance to talk, I'm always going to talk about my Royals uh, that work with our older youth and get them ready for independence, the, the intensive services for older youth, and they're just um, helping older youth become independent and go out there in this big, crazy world. So we got a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, I couldn't do it without my field support managers, let me just say shout out to them because uh, I can't do it alone. And it takes, of course, the great staff. I call them the Southeast sensation. When I send out emails, that's what I call them because they are sensational. And uh, I couldn't do it with all, without, without every one of them. You really do have a great team. I mean, they, every they time I visit with great. them, they're just, they're just terrific. Uh, well, you know, Shasta Miller, who's uh, in this building yeah, somewhere she and she's, uh, you know, does a podcast of, of, of their own, uh, the Call to Foster podcast. Yes, I, I encourage all of you to listen to the Call to yes. Foster podcast. I I got I got Ashton giving me the the, the thumbs up <laughs> over there because she because that's uh, yeah she's great. Uh, Shasta's a ball of energy. I, I when we go we went to every circuit for employee appreciation. I'm like Shasta is our most energetic because she's a coffee drinker right. all day long. Yeah, and so she I also give them nicknames and she's smashing dash because she's constantly going never stopping, uh, and so she's she's great. They're all great, Jana, Craig, Ann, and Shasta. That's my team. They're they're they're, they're great. great. They're a great team. And you know, I'm I'm from the southeast. You know, so I, oh, yes. you know, I origi well, originated yeah. there in Jeffco. Well, we're I, nice down there. We're nice, and we'll feed you well. So that, that's that's very good. Yes, I've gained weight since I've come to Children's <laughs> Division. It's really a thing. But but also, I, I want to you know express appreciation, Pam, for our, I think the whole state. We need to express appreciation for the degree that people have come to the rescue of the metros through the through the struggles. But I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't particularly mention how great the southeast has been about coming coming aid of St. Louis whenever they could. I mean, Jefferson County, yep. my home county, great people. I've always thought Jefferson County should invade St. Louis County, just <laughs> invade them. And, uh, you know, we should take back that, that we should take back some territory around the Merrimack River. But uh, but they, they've gone in and really made it their own and really worked hard to try to help folks up there. And it's just all part of that whole teamwork thing. And, yeah, it's, right. and you know what? And that's a spirit of teamwork, Pam, that I think you've built. I think you've built that culture of teamwork and we're in it together. Well, thank you. And we've, we've helped, you know, we've helped our own. And it's not, you know, I said, helping kids doesn't stop at a county line. Like, I don't care where the kid is, whether it's they're in the boot hill or they're up in Kansas City. We're going to go help a kid where we where it's needed. And people have really stepped up and 
and uh, you know heeded the call and have gone where needed. So I'm just proud of all of them. That's absolutely right. We 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 should not have justice by geography. You know, sure. I have that conversation with judges and like why why is why is it you cross over the Merrimack River coming south and it suddenly turns into this magical wonderful thing? Mm-hmm. It's just like well, it should we should be we should be doing good practice everywhere sure. we can. And I think that's I think that's absolutely right. So so Pam, you've been you've been. With us a while, you know, you are, you're a real veteran here and you've seen a lot of stuff over time. And so uh, with that in mind, you know, what's your vision going forward? You know, what's your vision for the future? What do you would like, what would you like to see uh, for, for uh, us to have as your vision for the agency in the years? Well, for the agency, of course, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Royals again. I'm, I'm just going to always talk about the Royals. Let's just go ahead and just, that's... Uh, that's the way it's going to be. But we do have statewide Royals as well. We have one in every region who are servicing our older youth. I would love to see it expand because I don't think there is one older youth in this state that needs to leave care without a plan, without permanent connections, without a job, a degree, something that they're working towards that they know when they leave custody, they're going to be okay. They they have somebody to depend on. They have somewhere to go for Christmases and birthdays. And so my vision is that not one older youth will be left behind when they leave our care. Uh, vision I have for our region, of course, I want to reduce the number of kids in, in foster care. I think our region has the most, and and that is not a number that I want to be the best at, uh, is to have that many kids in care. So we're really focusing with our new prevention workers. Um, I told uh, Jana Wyman last night, I said, make a poster, put it in every office that this is the goal. We're getting it down and we're going to start preventing kids from coming into care. We're going to start getting kids sent home, especially the cases that are just sitting there for guardianship uh, or custody custody modification. We need to move them. We need to move them and and get them home. And so the workers can really focus on the kids that they have um, uh, in care. So we want to reduce hotlines. We want to reduce our, our um, kids in foster care and, and we're going to do it. The, we're going to do it this year with these prevention workers and we're, we're ready to go. We're excited. Um, we've got uh, interviews set up. I think the prevention workers are getting posted this week and we're, we are ready to go. Exciting Pam. And I think, I think you're going to do it. And, you know, I've, I've, I've looked at that map you know, and I see, I see those, those disparities in the number of kids in care in, in certain places. And, and I really am, I really am a child of Southeast Missouri. Yeah. I mean, my, I'm, you know, from Jefferson County, but my dad's from Washington County. So my, my roots are all the way down there in Potosi and that that's where I'm from. And you see like high numbers in those spaces yeah. and, and you wonder why, and you begin to realize it's because, you know, there's a lot of services that don't exist in that's these true. spaces. This is true. So, you know, we're going to be working with communities to try to help ramp up some things, to try to help do some things to, to you know, bring bring them along for for you and your team and for us, because we're not in this alone. Yeah, that's right. right. I that's think that's right. absolutely right. So, Pam, I fully believe that's where we're going to go. It's so exciting. So, Lisa, what's your what's your vision, your vision for the agency? Where we're, where where should we be uh, in the future? Yeah. And we just, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit, but just really um, expanding this prevention like you're doing and like we're doing um, and just really looking at how we can be viewed as helpers to families, how we can be seen as a partner with a family um, is really important to me. Treating families the way that they need to be treated, they want to be treated, how we would want to be treated if we were we were interacting with our agency is, is super important. And I think that we're, we're on the right path to engaging families and, and the community 
to being able to provide um, safety for our children um, is my vision. Now, wouldn't that be something? Uh, you know, we get to that space and people would not call us uh, in a retaliatory way toward people they don't like, but they would call us in a loving way for people they desperately want to help. Uh, and that, that that's really what that vision is, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there's always going to be the need for us to come in and in the most severe cases and really, you know, there's, there's, unfortunately, I think there will always be a need for foster care, but right. we should use foster care the way it was intended as the, the last option for intervention to keep children safe and um, making sure that we're only using foster care in the absolute necessary circumstances to keep children safe because building those families up and helping to build their support systems to keep to keep kids um, there. We know they do better. We know that they do better when they're able to stay in their home with the people um, that they're closest to. If we can do that safely, if we can provide that safety for that child in the home, that's that's what I would like to see. And, you know, as we have as, as we have, you know, launched that launched that vision and we have, you know, uh, you know, adopted that plan. I've, I've been explaining to people, look, I didn't hatch this. This is this is talking to people who have, you know, decades and decades of experience of, uh, you know, I, I heard it over and over exactly what Lisa's saying, exactly that, that this is this is the right approach. And all the studies didn't show you it's the right approach. And so uh, it's very exciting. It's very exciting where you, where you guys uh, are going to be taking this thing uh, for a long, long time. So it's really, really great. So, Ashton, are you glad that you came to Houston today? Are you glad that you drove to Houston? I sure am. It was, you know, it was a beautiful trip, but um, it was really cool to get to know you guys today. And and just, um, I think I've emailed with both of you many times. So it's really nice to always put a face to the name and conversation. <laughs> well, and then you know the people that we're talking to, right? So yeah. you can you can start having that conversation. So you always you always sort of have the the, the last word with regard to these uh, with regard to these introductory things. So what what other questions do you have for for our team here? Well, so I, before I ask the the quote unquote big question, right? Um, you have some follow up questions. I do. Being and the I true do. journalist that you are, the, the <laughs> true the true communications guru. She. Um, so I kind of did the math for you. You were, you've when been, you with... say you, you're talking to, you're talking to Pam. Pam. Sorry. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, no one you're else on, you're, on, doing. you're like on radio. Yeah, that's you're right. Pointing. <laughs> I'm used to being, pointed. I, I did the math for Pam and, um, I, I think if I did my math correctly, about 24 years with, with children, children's division. Yeah. About, with tw children's division, 28, 28 years. 28 totally with the department. With the state, yes. With the department. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and then Lisa, you didn't really say how long you'd been here. I don't think. 25 years. 25 years. I thought it was something like that. Yeah. But um, So that's a half century if you're adding it all up. <laughs> and I'm really young, Daryl, to be honest. They're much too young and vibrant to have been doing anything that long. They started when they were in kindergarten. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, so I was just interested. First, my first question was, you said you became, uh, Pam said she became the regional director in 2020. Um, what was it like coming into that new role in, in the COVID sphere? Um, cause has your job changed since then? Oh, very much so. It, it was weird. So it was weird trying to navigate a region from home. Like I, I, you know, but I'm, I'm telling you what, a lot of WebExes, we use a lot of WebEx, a lot of communication and 
I I'm not gonna say I enjoyed it because I I like to go out and visit staff. I like staff to know me. I don't want them to when they come and they see me coming in the office like why is Pam here? Like who who's getting in trouble? Like I'm like no one's in trouble. I'm coming to say hello. Like uh, usually when I travel to Jeff City because it's a long way to Jeff City from my home about five hours. Uh, I usually try to stop at different offices on the way up there. And they're like, why are, why are you here? Like, I just want to say hello. Like, I, how you doing? You know, those kinds of things. So um, it, it was difficult not being able to go on into the office, but we made it work. WebEx is a lot of communication, texting, uh, email. And I think staff were okay. They were okay being, at, you know, they never stopped going into houses. You know, it, yeah. their work continued uh, and they and they had to do that. But we did a lot of monitoring through our data and outcomes that that work was getting done and it was uh the workers never stopped uh but it, it was it was hard i like the i like the camaraderie of people and um to be in person so i'm glad it's finally over and we're out and about and and things are on uphill going up yeah uphill. well i just I, th- I thought that was interesting because uh, uh like not that it's super related but i became a parent in 2020 and then literally a month after my son was born is when everything shut down and so um i i sometimes get questions when they find out he was born in february of 2020 like what was it like uh to be a parent to a newborn during that time and honestly i don't know any different not no, really no. i mean my daughter was born in november of 21 and mostly we were kind of opened up by then but like I didn't really change my parenting practice much in, in, in true honesty. I didn't change it that much because it sort of seemed, uh, seemed unavoidable anyway. So like, maybe let's just try to get around and at least let them see the family. We did a lot of fun things over WebEx. I remember we did, we had spirit week, uh, over WebEx. So like people would dress as their favorite character or whatever, and they would be on the screen or, or something like that, or, one day we did yoga, so I had everybody had their camera on, and we did yoga for like 15 minutes of relaxation. And then uh, around Thanksgiving, we all uh, got a plate of food and just sat in front of the camera and that. had Thanksgiving, to, to, you know, together over the WebEx. Just things like that that could bring us together as much as possible. I love that. That's cool. Okay, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase then. Um, so my, my normal question, it, it really is, the essence of it is, is what's your why? But um, I always think if there's a specific moment um, or maybe case that you can think back to that really, like you maybe think about it often or um, that it has impacted your work um, and, and why you guys have both been here um, for 25 years, like something's got something's to gotta motivate you. Something's keeping you going. So, so what is that thing? And um, I, you guys can decide who goes first. I'll, I'll go first. Um, so when I, when I mentioned that I had done family-centered in-home, I was a supervisor over that unit. And there was one family that sticks out in my head because we, at the time, um, we took a lot of risk with this family. The, um, the mother and the family had some pretty serious mental health issues. And there was a lot of fear around what mom, what, what, what might happen. So we advocated very strongly that she needed to stay in her home. And we do a lot of what we talked about now. Then we did not as often, which is putting people in the home instead of removing the children. We, we placed their supports in the home so that mom was never by herself. She always had support from her own natural supports. 
Um, and we wrapped around that family. Um, we had intensive in-home services in there. We were in there. We found community sports um, to help. And we were in the home every day checking. Um, and we did this for, for a while. But it was it was pretty intensive service services at the time to really help this family. And the reason this, this sticks out to me is because months later, um, I was at a function with my own children. And, and my oldest daughter was little, like, young elementary and they had a haunted house and she was in there and somehow she got scared and shut down. And so another parent brought her out to me and was like, you know, here's your child. She was stuck in the haunted house and she was scared. And, and I looked at this person and it it was the mom we had worked with. And it just really came full circle to me that by us being able to preserve this family, she was able to be at a school function with her own children and that impacted my family, you know, so I just think full circle how us doing the work can really just strengthen families and help people. So she helped your family. Yes, Mm -hmm. she did. And, and, you know, and, and your daughter in her, her moment of crisis and that, that especially touches me, Lisa, because everybody who knows my story knows my mom's mental illness central uh, to me having done all of these things. And here's what, here's what you did. You all did when, and by the way, that was our safety plan. Our safety plan was my grandmother. My, my safety plan was Florence. The safety plan was Florence Miller. That was the safety plan. You know, grandma came over. You know, mom, mom went to the mental hospital and grandma came over and grandma stayed over a lot, even after mom got home. And uh, to, 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 again, to monitor and watch and to do that, you never lost sight of the fact that that mom is a person who has dignity and is the most important person in the world, that child. And, and wow, what, a, what an impact. And they just needed some extra support for a little while. And and that's what we were able to help them provide. Um, you know, it wasn't us doing the work. It was mom doing the work and it was her family doing the work. But we were there to provide some structure around that so that she could be there for her children. That is one. Yeah. And what strikes me a lot about that, and I don't know how the cases really go. I'm not in the work like you guys are, but, um, you know. The fact that you were somebody was there every day checking in on that family, like it 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 feels like it's an above and beyond situation that, that you guys really, really went all in to support this family and look at the benefit of that. And we didn't have to stay in, you know, that terribly long in the scheme of things in the, in the, in the life of a child, in this family's life, it was absolutely worth it for us to put in some intensive efforts for that short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and those kids probably thought about, wow, um, my, my life is different now all thanks to these people who took some extra time out of their day um, and, and put in a little extra work, my family together. Like that's, I think that's really neat. Well, think of the different impact. I mean, the, yeah. the, the standard, the standard, standard, uh, you know, response in days recently past would be, oh, that's scary. Let's break the family up. So instead Think, put yourself in the shoes of that child. That's where I put myself. I always put myself in the shoes of a seven-year-old in that because that's who I was. You know, what, what impact would it have had on me if Lisa came over every day and was like, I'm like, well, who's, this, who's this nice person comes over every day and like, you know, walks around and checks on things and helps make dinner? I mean, who is this person? That wouldn't have, that, that's, that's nothing but a positive impact for me. But you, you take me out of, you know, you take me out of my home in, in High Ridge, Missouri, and you send me to some stranger's home over in Imperial, Missouri, and I'm in a different world, right? So thank, 
Thank you, Lisa. That's, it's a, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. Try to top that one, Pam. That's a great story. <laughs> I don't know. Between her and Kyle, I don't know who I'm going to meet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Kyle, Kyle, Kyle sang songs to people. That I was don't sing. Everybody I comes in here and they're like, man, Kyle, how about top that <laughs> one? I, Kyle. I was pretty I moved by it. Tiffany's story about saving that little girl. That's so. right. Um, you know what? Every one of you has had great stories. You really I think have. so, too. So. Damn, so still- I can't limit. There's three. Okay. So I, I just from a personal standpoint, I think my I adopted my son who was in care for 10 years and uh, that'll be another podcast. But <laughs> the thing that that my why is that one day I was asking him, who do you trust? Who in your life can you trust? And thinking, obviously, he's going to say me, right? Like I'm I'm the one he trusts the most. Um, and he couldn't name anybody. And I was like, um, hello, why not Why not me? Why can't you trust me? He said, because of where you work. Oh. And wow, you're talking about a uh, shot to the heart. Because he had experienced so many bad things with Children's Division that he thought just because I worked with Children's Division, he was going to experience, uh, have a bad experience. So at that moment, I thought, I have to change something. This has to change in our agency. We can't have kids out there thinking that a children's division worker is a bad thing. Um, So that's my why, is that I want our staff to make sure every kid feels like we're there as a support um, for them. So that's that's my personal story. Um, Second, you were were talking about um, when I was also younger, my parents died when I was 10 and 12. And I can remember sitting at my mother's funeral and my, I have two older sisters and I asked my sister, who am I going to live with? And she says, oh, with me. And I'm like, well, okay. And so sometimes, or you were saying, I put myself in a seven-year-old's shoes. Right, that's right. So I'm putting myself in a teenager's shoes thinking, who are they going to go live with? I think that's one reason I love older youth so, so much is because I had someone, I had a family to depend on, but a lot of these older youth do not. Yeah, what if you didn't? They do not have that. And we sometimes are all they have. So that's one reason I'm so um, over the top with older youth. Um, my last story is I can remember, and I was thinking here, why am I so crazy about older youth? Like, I love them. You know, they can get on your nerves, but I just, I they're my jam, right? I, like, I want to help them all I can. And there was this one case, and... I remember seeing the FST with this boy and his father and the father was just saying, I hate you. You know, you're never welcome in my home. You know, just all the mean things to this kid. And the kid's just sitting there with his head hung down. And, you know, I remember like kind of taking him under my wing and he ended up, he ended up running away and I had his belongings with me for probably almost two years in my office. And I just let it sit there in a corner. And people will come like, when are you going to get rid of that stuff? Like, he's never coming, you know, he's gone. And I'm like, no, he's, he's going to, I just know it. I just know he's coming back. And he reached out to me one day. And I said, I knew you would contact me. I have your stuff. You should have heard the kid crying on the other end of the phone. Like, I cannot believe you saved my things. It was like drawings he had as a kid and, and those kinds of things. And he was like, you're the only one who has ever cared about me. And think of how many older youth out there feel like that, that we are the only ones um, 
that care about them. So that's my why, those three things, um, and it, and especially why I'm going to be there probably until the day I die for older youth completely. You know what, Pam? I don't think those three things are three things. I think they're one thing. And I think every every story that you just shared was about connection. It's all about connection. It was your son's connection to you. Can I trust you? Because you've got that connection. You know, your your personal experience was your connection to your sisters, you know, to your family. Uh, and this last child, he, he was disconnected and reached back out to you. You remained open to be his connection and you got him his stuff. And I think that retaining those connections, I mean, that's a big part of the, that's a big part of the prevention work. It's a big part of the, 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 the philosophy of the agency is keeping these kids. And, 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 you know, you talked about the older youth, you talk about the older youth. It's like, I've I've talked to them and talked to them and talked to them. They need people, people that they know that love them and that, uh, I, I think that Pam, you're you're messaging that, you're still about that, you're living that. So thank you for for doing that. So we don't have any other stories to have to have anybody else top, but you guys are <laughs> you guys are wonderful. I want you to know how much I appreciate you, how how you know how great it is for Missouri. Have you guys to have your leadership? Uh, I cherish uh, your leadership and, and, you know, this is the last of the regional director talks, right? Uh, I, I want everybody out there to know that, that I, you know, you, you call them the nine, the three deputies and the six regional directors, the nine, uh, are amazing. I depend on them so much and we're making decisions together. We're in this together and I'm just, I'm just honored. I'm honored to know you and to colleagues with you, uh, and to be, and out this story with you. We've talked a lot about stories. We're building one. We're building a new story. And so uh, it's exciting to do. So thank you both for coming to, thank you both for coming to Houston today. I think this is a great conversation. It's been, been great to spend some time with you guys. Thank you. Yes. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much. So that's the end of the We Are Children's Division podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Listen to more episodes of this podcast or our newest podcast, The Call to Foster, wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help us reach and inspire more Missourians. Thanks for listening.